welcome to another edition of WPOV Quarantine. I'm your host, Legend T. James Logan, and with me, a roundabout jolly good circle of friends. Today we have the lone wolf, Andy Anderson, wearing a Santa hat. Oh, oh, oh. Ho, ho, ho. Truer words have never been said. And our other regular guest, guest, our rather regular host, the gentleman, Elio Canella. Good to be here. And today we have one of our super fans on the show. He, to us, he is the man of a thousand faces. He is Joe Canella. Joe, welcome to today's show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having now, me. We got to ask Joe, since you know you have a bit of inside track on Elio, is the name the gentleman deserving? Is he truly a gentleman, or is this just something he made up? It's definitely made up. <laughs> You came up I with mean, that I, name. I that, that was a rhetorical question, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, guys, you guys obviously know it's made up, right? <laughs> oh, wow. Look at that. Healed by your own family member. Oh, In the my first goodness. five minutes of the show. Yeah. Takes a steel a chair and hits Elio across the teeth. This is going to be a quick death match. Are you going to set him on fire? It's I think sorry. I saw that this week. And it's the holidays, too. It's going on. I know he's being nicer, probably. That, that's why it's the first five minutes and not the first minute of the show that he uh, started yeah. going on you. Yeah, he waited 30 seconds. He held yeah. out. <laughs> the Christmas spirit. Anyways, folks. Yeah. Okay, so today, folks, we are talking about the craziness in, and wackiness in professional wrestling. And let's face it, if you've watched wrestling for, oh, I don't know, more than one episode, you have found at least something that made you go, Huh, that's pretty wacky. And, and when you become a fan, you start to accept that the wonderful world of wrestling has a lot of wacky things that happen. Things that definitely would never happen in real life, but they're the things that we find enduring. And now some of those things are kind of dumb. We could probably do a whole episode on groaner things that just made you want to turn your TV off. But no, it's the festive season. We're going to get into the fun parts of wrestling. We're going to talk about the stories that made us laugh that made us that just had a connection with wrestling and to start it off i'm going to start this week with the man of 100 words or less himself the gentleman was going to tell me a story involving the movie zeus i do or no sorry the movie what was the name of that movie that had the zeus character no holds barred no holds barred, no holds yeah. barred. okay i don't know if joe remembers this so we went to watch it on uh opening weekend okay and tell and, us uh, the story. Think my, my mom's a uh, friend i came with us she had, uh, and like everyone got something to drink and got something to eat. So during the movie, at the last part, when uh, they had the match with uh, Hogan and Zeus, by the end of the movie, the lights come out. And we're looking at the can of uh, whatever, a Coke or orange that she was drinking. It was all crushed. She, she crushed it during the match. Oh my goodness. She, she was that into it? It was that intense? <laughs> I'm like, what? It was intense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. you, remember, you remember when that, that right? Yo, yeah, that can didn't stand a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, I, actually, I think it was an orange crush, though. Yeah, orange oh, crush. Very right. apropos. So yes. she crushed the can of crush. She crushed the can of crush. <laughs> she crushed the crush. That's some craziness. That's some very craziness. Very nice. All right, Andy, do you got something to. 
Let's think about some crazy things we can think about. Actually, you know, you know what? I, I'm yeah. going to add my own no-holds-barred memory because I have a oh special one. Oh, okay. Um, when the movie came out, I entered a contest in the Edmonton Sun, and I won uh, passes for the sneak preview before the movie actually came out. Oh, wow. And oh, then wow. at the movie, they did one of the deals when the movie was over. Was it when the movie was over or before the movie started? Whatever. Mm-hmm. It was one of the ones where you check under your seat. And if you have the sticker, come up yeah. and get a prize. And sure enough, I had a sticker. So, and I, I'm positive I didn't throw it out. It's probably packed away in a box somewhere. But I have got that same color, like blue, teal, whatever it was that Rip, you know, Hogan had. And it's got, it's actually like a no holds barred t shirt. Oh, oh, wow. So I'm sure that's got to be worth at least $1.99 on eBay. $1.99. And that's Canadian. Not even that's Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, that that movie was definitely something. I remember it getting a lot of press in the paper. I, I think I was doing scrapbooks at the time, and I I have a lot of the uh, the articles cut out, and mm-hmm. you know people were trying to put Hogan over. But man, was it a bad movie! You know what? <laughs> it was a bad movie. I'll give it that. And I was saying to Elio, it was. But you know what? At that age or something, at that time, even though it was a bad movie, it was acceptable. Yes, you know, it was acceptable. It, it was that that time period. Plus, I think the fact that, that it was time. just yeah for that time because I mean, yeah, that's when you had Stallone and Chuck Norris and yeah. you know all the guys. But at the same time, I think it was one of the first kind of uh, vehicles for a wrestler to be like the starring role, like a mainstream movie. It wasn't like direct to because uh, Piper. You know, I mean, he, he did They Live, but then yeah. he did some other ones that were uh, direct to video. And so for you know this vehicle to be or for this movie to be the vehicle for Hogan, it, it was a big deal. So I think whether it was bad or not, if you were a wrestling fan, you were kind of just mm-hmm. proud that it was like a, you know, yeah, like a, a mainstream movie. movie that you could yeah. go into your yeah. Cineplex or famous players or whatever it was and, and see it. Yeah. You were excited to see Hogan on the big screen for sure. Absolutely. That's what it was all about, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. The, the flip side. Was that Sorry. a breakout movie? No. No, because he because his for him it, it was Rocky three, yeah. Because that's when he was discovered with Thunderlips. Yeah, that's when he was discovered. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which, what a strange name for a guy to be called. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, what, what was he though? Thunderlips. What was he? He was. Uh, what was his? What was the gimmick though? Um, something love. Something of love. Yeah. It was. <laughs> Sorry, I took that in a very bad direction, but. <laughs> But um, I can't remember. You know what? I can barely remember Rocky Three, but I remember him coming out and being a big deal. I do remember that. Yeah. Or is it Rocky Two? Sorry, that was no, Rocky no Rocky II? Three. No, Rocky no Rocky Three. three. Yeah, it was Rocky Three. Yeah, because that was the one with Mr. T. Yep. Right. I pity the fool who. Anyways, yeah. um, <laughs> you know what though? It's so funny that you bring up. You guys both brought up that story because if you have to think about one of the weird, uh, bizarre stories in wrestling, how about the fact that wrestling had always been kind of that trying to pretend it's real right we're yeah. trying to pretend it's real but then we take a clear movie star and then put him in a wwe ma- wwf match and we had zeus wrestle yeah. <laughs> this guy who could barely move <laughs> wow i remember that being such one of the most stinker things that i ever that that would have to follow under failed uh terrible things i mean the movie i could take that but I could not take Zeus wrestling any kind of seriously. That was that was a little too wacky and ridiculous for me. Well, I think it worked that they paired him with DiBiase. They kept it very limited at what he was going to do, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just at the end of the day, I mean, you know. And again, 
just just like Joe was saying, kind of, you know, for that time. For that time, I mean, wrestling, a lot of the big guys, a lot of the guys that Hogan got fed, mm-hmm. you know, they were just big guys, whether they could actually do much or not, as long as they could look menacing, you yeah. know, do some chokes, power Hogan down. Yeah. It didn't matter because at the end, they were just, you know, one more giant for him to, to slay. And you know what? Yeah. Uh, Tiny Lister, man, uh, just passed away recently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very sad, very yeah. sad. Uh, I always remember, b- believe it or not, for me, do you know what movie pops in my head? Let's see who can guess what movie that I associate Tiny Lister with. I know. Either Friday. Yeah. Which one? Friday. Friday, no. Friday. Batman. No. No. That, oh, that wait, wait, wait. Second. I have another one. I have another one. You, yes. Armed and Dangerous. No. Was he in Armed and Dangerous? He was, yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. What movie then? What movie was it? Give you one hint. It was a Bruce Willis movie set in the future. Come on, guys. He played the president. Oh, Fifth Element? Yes. Uh, The Fifth Element? I mean, and the second, though, was definitely uh, the Batman movie. He he played such a cool, pivotal role of the dude who just just grabs the explosive thing and throws it out. Everyone thinks he's going to kill everyone. Man, I I, I felt really bad when I saw the, the passing of him. But that was definitely, how could we, just imagine this that you try to portray in a wrestling thing in a, in a sport we still try to pretend is real that we took an obvious actor and we didn't play him as actor it wasn't tiny lister burst off the screen and wants a real match no it was zeus the character somehow got out of the movie and challenged hulk hogan hey that's a good crossover when when this there was this this used to be this magical thing called kayfabe when mm-hmm. that was still alive that you yeah. could you know transfer him over it was pretty much on its deathbed by then anyways, wasn't it? I mean, this happened after uh, it was sports entertainment and whatnot. Yeah, I know. Let, can, I, can I give you, as a Canadian, and I don't know, maybe, maybe you guys remember this or not. I don't know if you're the ones that saw this. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll do this as like, kind of like the final nail for this topic so we can move mm-hmm. on. Yes. Uh, do you, now, you guys all know Ed Whalen, the yes. late great Ed Whalen. Yeah. Do you remember when he hosted a show on TSN, the sports network called Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Plus. Plus? Pro Wrestling Plus, yes. yeah. And to this day, there's there's little Ed Whalenisms that I still mm-hmm. remember from those days. And for they were covering at one time, I, I can't remember what it was, but they were covering. You know, they were co- somehow. Cause I don't think they could cover WWF at the time. Mm-hmm. No, but somehow I think there was a letter sent in or something like that, and they were talking about something. And I remember him. I distinctly remember Ed Whalen calling Zeus the mighty Zeos. Zeos! (laughs) I swear, if you could go back, there's any way to go back. God bless Ed Whalen. And I don't know, maybe maybe it was something that he had to do that to, you know, avoid some sort of lawsuit with WWF. But Mm -hmm. I kid you not, you actually, another one who remember would be Vance Nevada. Okay. Call up Vance Nevada and see if he remembers the mighty Zeos. And I kid you not. That is so great. Yes. That is so ridiculously great. Now, you know what? I want to move on with wackiness. And since we're talking WWE or WWF, uh, let's talk about the wacky period in WWF where every single person seemed to have a pet. And that pet came to the ring with them. (laughs) We're talking the Bulldogs brought up dogs. They had uh, Coco Beware had a bird. Um, Take the snake. Uh, Jake, Jake the, the snake, snake. Ricky Steamboat had a dragon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And let's face it, a dragon, one of those dragons, they're dangerous, man. Komodo dragons could actually hurt you. <laughs> yeah, because you know a snake couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, let's go around the corner here. Who had the best? Who had your favorite uh, animal 
I don't. What do we even call these things? Uh, mascots. Mascots. Mascot. Joe, who is your favorite person or team with an animal, and and why? Oh, <laughs> this is a deep thinking one here. <laughs> I go with Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake, and and why Jake the Snake? Why was that your personal favorite? Me personally, I just I like snakes, and I just thought it was uh it was just cool. You know okay. I mean? It was like it, uh, you know, scary animal, right? Like it's you know it's, it's gonna smother you. I like what he did with it at the end. Like you know, Coco Beware, yeah. okay, he's bringing the like, it's not really doing anything, right? Mm-hmm. The snake is like it was part of the show, yeah. right? Okay. And, um, it, I, I don't know if you ever saw the um, the interview with Macho Man when he talks about Jake the Snake, uh, uh, how he made the, he made him get the snake. And have him bite him to make sure yeah. that it wasn't venomous. Did you ever hear that one? Yes, no, I, think no, I did. I, I don't share, know, with I, him. share with him. Yeah. Okay, so he says, uh, like, and and uh, Jake the Snake he imitates Macho Man perfectly. He's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like, I don't know, you know, he might want to get that title for me. <laughs> he's like, uh, I want to make sure that that snake's not venomous. He's like, this fucking guy he makes me fucking, he makes me put the snake on my arm and bite myself with it. Like. He says Macho Man was really paranoid about him, like be, having getting bitten by the snake and it being venomous. <laughs> I recommend whiz. you guys watch that. Look it up yeah, on I don't YouTube. think I've ever heard oh, that before. No, yeah, look it up on YouTube. And uh, Jake the Snake does an amazing impersonation of the Macho Man. You guys got to check it out. Yeah, it's good. It's, I think it's anyway. one of the kayfabe ones. It's pretty good. Yeah, nice. but I digress. Yeah, sorry. The no, 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 that's my favorite. Snake, okay, Elio. Ah, just because you turned off your mic and cough. Nice try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I like the the snake now. So like um, the the dragon at the time was was like different. Like he was like I mean, you never seen them carry a dragon to the ring with them, right? Well, I think most people thought they were mythological too up until then. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, for me, it's, for me, it's the same Jake Snake. I was just like the whole presentation, everything. He, and then uh, he always used to he. Uses and tend to be his opponents at the end of the match after he won. Like, that's how he would cap off his victory, just like putting the snake on them. Okay, all right, Andy. Do you have a favorite? I, I will, uh, I will echo and follow along with the snake, but I will give oh. an honorable mention. No, yeah, but you know what. But for reasons that they said, I mean, uh-huh. if you look at it, I mean, I'm I'm not a reptile guy, so I mean, meh. But for what the snake was and how it added to the character, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how it was used for, you know, like Macho Man, for Andre, for just about anybody, uh, you know, when one of them got squished by earthquake or whatever, Rick Strano, there's half of your natural disaster uh, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> Maybe get off so, our back now. Yeah, but I mean, because like. You know, like Joe said, the bird, uh, well, that's cool. Kids like the bird because it yeah. flaps when he moves his hands. Uh, the drag, I mean, the Komodo dragon or whatever it was, other than Steamboat lifting it up, I mean, the thing was huge. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. So yeah. the snake, to me, gets the win. Although with uh, Matilda or Winston or whichever version of the bulldog mm-hmm. that the bulldogs had, it was always fun to see, you know, usually it was either Jimmy mm-hmm. Hart or Bobby Heenan kind of getting chased or yeah. messing around with the dog lighthearted fun like it was at least there was some interactivity there like i said versus just okay here's a bird (laughs) and then when bobby heenan got serious about it he put on that dog trainer yes the dog trainer (laughs) suit and stuff yeah yeah 
and that was funny. But you know what I want to add about the uh, about the snake? The best thing about it was the anticipation of the snake. You know, like you knew it was coming. Jake the snake's coming up, so the buildup was there. You yep. know, that's that's what I really like. You're waiting to see that. And he always kept like a boa, right? Did he ever do a smaller snake or some other thing for one time? Yes, yeah, many. See- uh, I remember there was Damien Lucifer and then Revelations. Right, but they were the, all the same type of snake, though. Yeah, like I think they were all the same type, yeah. Okay. Since he's about him, for some reason, something popped up that one time he used a smaller snake for something, and I can't remember what that was for. But then again, I drink a lot, so it probably would <laughs> just go. be a drunken stupor. <laughs> all right. <laughs> one of the, you know what, just because with, with Joe bringing yeah. up uh, uh, stories like with the Macho Man and, and, yeah. and Jake, uh, and, and I'm sure it's probably pretty well known, but uh, there's a good story from Diamond Dallas Page about uh, when he was helping Jake recover at one point. Oh, mm-hmm. And he had Jake at his place. And this was back when he was uh, still married to Kimberly. And she was like very adamant, no snakes in the house, no snakes in the house. And Jake brought the snake in the house. And then somehow like they locked it in the bathroom. Somehow it started to go through the plumbing or I the vents or something. Yeah. yeah, that's I don't know if it's like WWE story time or not, but that's mm-hmm. another one that's also... You know, you you won't get the same uh, Macho Man impersonation, but uh, definitely a fun story worth hearing. Well, you know what? Uh, maybe I was kind of even as a kid. Maybe I'm just a big humbug, but uh, I couldn't stand the whole animal thing. Right? It was always just annoying to me. So if I had to pick one, I, I'd pick the most preposterous, and that was definitely the bulldogs coming out with this little bulldog, which. I don't think either they, they look like they could care less about that dog. Like everyone yeah. else seemed to care about their pets. They look like they wish that thing was dead, <laughs> which was really funny to me. I, I remember that, I remember that angle they did where uh, they kidnapped Matilda. The WF put out put together an actual address where you can send like get well cards or whatever. Get well, yes, 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 that's right. Yeah. Did you send one, Elio? <laughs> no, I was about to though. <laughs> you seriously and then Joe, Joe stopped him. <laughs> I talked him out of it. Yeah, like, sit down. Let's talk about this. Don't yeah, yeah Joe was like, "It's not real. It's okay. It'll be okay. We tell them we'll be found." And if not, it's a dog. They'll just replace it with another dog. <laughs> no, let's be honest. Joe's real logic with Elio was, "Elio, dogs can't read." <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. They can't. All right. <laughs> like, uh, you know what? Uh, wow. When I, when I was thinking about this, one of the things we talked about, too, and, and we'll get in that really quick, too, because I know Andy was hot on this, too. We'll mix this part in this thing today was catchphrases was something. Uh, uh, now, now t- tell me, Andy, why did catchphrases speak to your heart? Why was that something that came up in your head? Uh, I don't know if it speaks to my heart per se, but I, I think it's something that's very simple. And if you notice, most successful wrestlers mm-hmm. have at least one. And to me, that's one of those things where uh, it's twofold. It lets you connect with the character because, mm-hmm. you know, if they're going to say their catchphrase and you're going to say it with them, then chances are, you know, you feel like The Rock, you feel like Stone Cold, you feel like the Generation X, you feel like Ric Flair, you feel like whoever. So you, you kind of get that connection if you're at a live show or if you're watching the, sh- you know, you're watching a pay-per-view uh, at home with your buddies and you know if you're not down with that kind of thing um and the other thing to me that was one of the things that was that was taught to me uh to help you stand out as a wrestler is and it's something that's really lost nowadays too if you think about it mm-hmm. is ways that you could imitate somebody if you were imitatable 
Mm-hmm. You know, like again, like you know, if you say Hogan, okay, well, brother, you don't take your prayers, say your, you know, say your take vitamins, your prayers. Take, take your prayers, shove them, <laughs> no, take your vitamins, say your <laughs> prayers, whatever. You know, we, we talk about like the Macho Man in person. All these guys, you know, you could go and and you could impersonate them, or you could you know do something like that. Somebody would know who you who you're impersonating or who you're imitating without even saying you know without even you saying oh well here's my Hulk Hogan and you just break mm-hmm. into like some Hogan shtick. Um, so to me, like that kind of, uh, that kind of, I'm going to say gimmick, but like nowadays, if you think about it, you know, you check about just about anybody on TV, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to be, Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to be Kofi Kingston. Okay. Well, you know, what do you I'm do to be Kofi Kingston? Yeah. I'm going to be, you know, new day rocks new, which I guess is something. But do you get what I mean when you talk, when I compare yeah. like Hogan, you know, Pi- you know, even like Hogan, Piper, Flair, uh, Degeneration X, like all these guys, like when you had the catchphrase, it was something that you could, could make you that person. But then again, when you're at a live show, when you're at a TV taping, you're watching with your friends, that's something that allows you to connect with the guys too, or the girls, in the case may be. Okay, well, um, today though, you know, like... I don't know. Elio, do you have a, before we go into my things about this catchphrase stuff, I'm going to ask everyone else. Elio, do you have a favorite catchphrase of yours? Was there something you really enjoyed? Yeah. I like the, the, the rocks catchphrases. Yeah. And you like, didn't find them, you didn't find them a little annoying. I mean, he had a lot of them. After, after, after a while, like, uh, when like you hear it so many times, like, okay, I've already heard this before, but you know, when you hear it for the first time, like you start saying it over and over and it's like, Mm-hmm. Well, which one was your favorite? Which one did uh, which of his catchphrases did you really enjoy? The one that it doesn't matter what your name is. Okay, that is true. That is true. Yeah. And it is funny because I do have a story about that one. Was uh, you know, at that time, I mean, we're talking around like what two thousand or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And that was on, and uh, uh, a bunch of us guys at work would watch wrestling, and we joke about it and all that. And uh, we had this waitress. And she would she would be kind of annoying and come bug us all the time, Uh-oh. and. Uh, so I don't know what it got into my head, though. <laughs> but I did it to her. It made her cry. Oh, yeah, I did the whole, what's your, what's your name? And when she told me, I yelled in her face that it didn't matter what her name was. <laughs> <laughs> and she started crying and walked away. And it was a bad week for me because that was the third waitress I made cry that week. And I wasn't even trying. So I, I don't know what that says about me as being a dick or something like that. But yes, I made her cry over that one. So I got to say... That would probably be up there with one of my favorite ones since I actually unleashed it on someone in public and got away with it. Joe, did you have any favorite uh, catchphrases? Yeah. Hit the music. That was my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> See, and there was another one. But again, like you don't even have to say anything about who it is. Yeah. And you just you know. know. Yep. Yeah. You know, you can you know, follow with that. It. Yeah. What I'd like right now is for all you fat, sweaty, out of shape. Sweat hog, you know, (laughs) know, whatever. Keep the noise down. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) No, you know, there's the the marketing aspect of it. Like like you said, the imitation part of it, the marketing. Like, you talked about The Rock. Didn't you find it annoying? Well, like, that's that's a win too, right? Like, it's like bad publicity, good publicity, you know what I mean? Like, if it's annoying, it's still an earworm, it gets in your head, you remember it, right? True. Like people start calling everyone a jabroni and blah blah blah. So, so it's doing, gotta, it's doing what it's supposed to do. You got, and it's also way. easy to put those on T-shirts. 
Yes, yeah. that's right. I guess you know, for me, what I I'll what I say right now. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm going to sum it up right now. You're fired. Yeah. Catchphrase. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, it does. Oh, it, what I'm it, talking about. It does. It, it does that thing where it. Uh, and I know Andy talks about this a lot, and I've been in many wrestling crowds. Um, if somehow you can unify people, whether it be in a chant, whether it be into something, it gives you a whole even better feeling when you're there. I know. I know the wrestlers tell me whether they're being cheered, booed, mocked, whatever. The fact that everybody is against them or for them at one moment really yeah. means a lot. And it's hard to get that uh, in today's wrestling fans, especially. Oh, my goodness. Everybody's too cool to do anything. But it's okay for catchphrases, you know? We see that uh, so many times in wrestling. I've seen so many. The only reason I say about The Rock is it seemed like he had so many catchphrases that it was almost overkill ridiculous at the end of the, the things that he would say was like, I'm sure he had like about 67 different T-shirts that all had like words on it that he said. And, and they all made and they money. All sold. Yeah. Except explain to your mom why the pie one was important. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Well, look at even something as simple as is Rusev Day. You know, talking yeah. about Rusev Day. You know, and you hear stories where he says how that shirt sold out. I mean, and you know, for them to come out and just simply talk about Rusev Day. I mean, like that in itself. I mean, became a gimmick, became like a catchphrase. Now today, Rusev Day, uh, obviously now because he's in the WWE or AEW, no longer is applicable. Is there any modern catchphrases right now that people say that are out there? You know, is, can any? Do you guys think of any? Is there any in the WWE this is that are exactly using? what I'm talking about? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I said you could do. I mean, if you want to get away with New Day rocks. Can you can get rocks? away with uh, people chanting like, you know, like what, what are the three most uh, devastating letters in WWE right R-K-O, now? R-K-O. 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 Yeah. yeah, but he's a bad guy, so people won't chant that right now. Well, I mean, nobody's chanting anything because there's no fans, but yeah, uh, well, I'm just trying to, <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think of, you know, like it's. There's not too many. Uh, there's not well, they work. As, uh... Well, they work. If we brought, if there, if people are trying to develop catchphrases after the fans come back, do you think they're going to work? Will people glam onto it? I think so. I think people think will just so? be chomping at the bit just to get involved, and they'd be so happy to get get back that into the good point. Okay. Yeah. How about this one? I want. I'm curious about this one, Joe. You may not have seen this one because it's an AEW special right now. But the whole thing with the Kenny Omega uh, North Carolina bit. Do you think oh. fans are actually going to chant that when he gets back? Because it seems like the the full fans that they have there, the the couple fans and the wrestlers that are there had been chanting it, but the last time I noticed that they did this spiel, nobody said a word. You could hear a pin drop when he did the North yeah. Carolina thing. I'm sure they don't get that the reference there. The North apparently, Carolina. it was explained uh, once before. Yes, apparently it has something to do with Michael Jordan. Yeah. Oh, uh, from okay. the Michael Jordan, um, whatever that movie, that documentary they had, uh, there oh, was some okay. kind of thing like that, and he kind of just used that as an inside joke oh, okay. slash tribute michael jordan but you know what to throw out to aew and this is a little more than a catchphrase mm-hmm. is uh jericho's music that's dying already i think he's beaten <laughs> that one to death i mean i don't know if you guys have noticed but less and less people are singing that song and they don't do it as long as they used to oh well we also have found out that the reason it seemed like it was going long is they were looping it right on the television uh-huh. so people weren't even singing the second chorus they looped it for him because he demanded that they should be a second chorus. I've I've even stopped listening to it. And I thought it was catchy for a little while. Yeah. Now, Joel, have you heard this thing we're talking about, Chris Jericho? Judas. 
he has a song called Judas that is yeah. his entrance music. And even though he's the bad guy for a long time, the entire crowd would sing his entrance music with him, which was kind of cool. But yeah. now and this, it's kind of run its course right now, I feel. I mean, maybe I'll have a comeback. Well, I think I started on one of the, the Jericho cruises or something where he came out. Uh, when they were doing the, Jer- the genesis of it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they did the Jericho. I mean, he had kind of like the Jericho cruise or the cruises Jericho yeah. or whatever. And I think it was like the first or second, well, whatever, like one of the last ones that he did. Yeah. Uh, and and, he, and I think that's what it was. I remember him talking about that was he came out for his match, and everybody there was all singing the song. The song. Well, and I think it just kind of just yeah. And I think it went from from there. So I'm not sure about the timeline from that. That might have been before AEW happened. Like before, like if AEW officially started, but I think that's the genesis. I think that's where it started. Well, I'm going to get you to jump on the old Google machine there, um, Andy, and tell me how long has Fozzie been around? How many albums have these guys had? Oh, geez. They've been around yeah. since 2000. 2000. Oh, there that's you quick. go. And I, how have, many I, have, I, have, I have all their CDs. Their first one came, <laughs> came, their first one came out in 2000. And that's, what, and that's back that? when he was Mongoose McQueen or whatever, too, before yep. it was actually yeah. Chris Jericho. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, how many CDs roughly does he have? How many albums for us old folk? Yeah, for all right. There we go. I'm gonna guess about five. I'm gonna say about five or six off the top of my head. I can. Oh, okay. I thought maybe it'd be more after this many years. Fozzie album. Yeah, I think they have a new one coming out. Now the reason I asked this and the reason I'm going into this is I have they have seven studio albums. Okay, seven seven. One live album, two compilation albums, and two video albums. Two compilation. You've had seven <laughs> albums and you made two of them comp. How the heck does that happen? You're just releasing the same garbage. Okay. Anyways, live, yeah, seven yeah. studio albums, one live, two compilation, two video albums, twenty-three singles, and ten music videos. Happenstances wow. are one that no one ever talks about. And here's the funny thing: if you were to put a gun to my head and tell me that if I can't name any other song besides Judas that you'd pull the trigger, I'm pretty sure I'm dead. <laughs> Quite the fact. I'm sure they played his crappy music all over Raw. Didn't he do concerts on Raw and stuff? I could not think. Elio, why are you buying this music? Explain to me your love of Is it just because it's Chris Jericho? I'm just like, I'm just a fan of music. I, I, I yeah, thought this music I was a good fan of good music. I thought this music was good at the time. At I the was time. like, I, didn't buy I was. It. I was young and stupid. I was 26. Was. Joe, what? <laughs> Is was an appropriate word here? Well, he was young. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I, I just don't, I've never been a fan of his music and, and I like heavy metal, but. Uh, like, I mean, I, I mean, I wanted to give, I wanted to see like what the CD was, uh, was like. And I thought like the first CD was uh, not bad because it was like cover songs of like by. Right. But then like uh, the rest of his stuff, mm-hmm. as years went by, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I actually uh, have these ones. I yeah. actually, I remember, I remember I saw him in concert once. In Edmonton, I think it's whatever the Starlight is, was the Starlight Room, whatever it is, was, yeah, at some point, many, many, many years ago. And uh, I remember not knowing any of the songs, but I went and I mean, the crowd that was there was into it and he was put on a pretty good show and he came Mm -hmm. out, mingled with the crowd while he was singing. I remember he put his arm around me and another guy and while Mm -hmm. he was like, it was, like everybody there had a good time, but I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't like, yeah, like the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he name his song? 
<laughs> See, I, I just picture I, I just picture Elio, right? He buys the first Fozzie disc and he's like listening. And he's like, oh, uh-huh. All right, all right. Here's the thing. I will buy only seven more of these. And if they if they don't get any better, I swear to God, on the ninth one, I will not well, maybe I'll download it, but I'm not gonna buy it. <laughs> it's funny because I like I'm sure I know a few of the songs, but right now, because like all I have in my head is Judas. And if I try to think back to anything, that's like all that's like programmed into my head is that song. Uh, I, I've forgotten it and I don't want to remember it. Nobody give me anything about it. I've managed to, <laughs> I took a screwdriver into my head last week. I know he covered some Iron out. Maiden. Uh, I, the, prison, just, the prisoner over the mountain, eat the rich. Uh, it's not my, I don't know. Okay. So, all right. I'm just curious. And the other thing too, uh, I, I would ask uh, Joe, if you get a second sometime after we do this, just Google North Carolina um, Kenny Omega thing, and you'll see it's just what it does is in the middle of his entrance by uh, Justin Roberts, he's like re- saying every week he has all these because he's a heel now. So he's trying to think they, they have all these ridiculous statements like he was ranked number three in Pro Wrestling Illustrated's blah, 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 19, blah, blah, you know, like just ridiculous things. You're he's like, he's got the high score in this video game. Yeah, yeah or something <laughs> like that. And then and then he'll always work in one thing where he'll have Justin Roberts go on to this North Carolina, like this yeah. humongous dumb thing. Like he had a friend once who lived in North, you know, and people would chant North okay. Carolina with him. But that only lasted like two weeks. <laughs> They're still doing it, <laughs> but nobody's saying a word. So catchphrases are interesting though. Andy, you got a favorite catchphrase? You know what? I, 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 I'm going to say, no, I don't have a favorite one. Cause I think mm-hmm. for so many of us, uh, it can almost depend on the circumstances of, you know, where you are, who you're around, you know, you might use one catchphrase with us here on the show uh, that you may not use with your wife, or there's one that uh, you might use with your wife that you wouldn't use Did with you us. Use any of this with your wife? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, if, if you could tell a wait, if you're gonna make a waitress cry and tell her it doesn't matter, then yes. you know it's maybe maybe you're the type that's like, hey, honey, you know it's Friday night. I got two words for you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what are the two words? <laughs> I don't know. You're the one that's married, so. <laughs> well, you know what. I do have a favorite catchphrase. Only I, and it's actually kind of current, and I've heard it at many shows. It's Andy sucks, and I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I know Andy has heard it many, many times. At yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, it's funny because I mean, as a heel, uh-huh. you know, and this is a little bit of self-loving, self-promotion, whatever. Uh, you know, you guys know that I'm I'm a very old-fashioned heel in that sense, where it's like I don't do T-shirts, I don't do and merch, old. I don't, and old. I don't try to, you know, I try to yeah. do everything that's not. You know, I'm just trying to be a heel. I don't want to be liked right. by anybody. I don't want to be supported by anybody. And, you know, I think it's safe to say that it would be very easy for me to have a shirt. And mm-hmm. it would, you know, if, for it to say, well, Andy Anderson doesn't have any catchphrases. Well, the closest I would have would be, who sucks now? Who sucks now? Because in every match, at least once, you know, I yeah, got the guy that. down. And I'm like, who sucks now? Of course, the whole crowd, you do. And then I'll kick the bottom rope and I'll sell and get all upset. And it's, it's, you know, that's kind of like one little thing where for as much as I'm anti everything else, I'll yeah. always, I'll always get that in a match. So, okay. I, you know, some people call it a catchphrase. I call it a high spot. <laughs> <laughs> high spot. <laughs> now, now, Joe, I know, you know, you've over the past, you've sent us in some great promo material. 
dressing up as some of your favorite 80s characters. I want <laughs> yeah. you to tell me, obviously, you really like old style professional wrestling. You were a big fan of stuff of the 80s and 90s. What, what really appealed to you the most? Tell, tell me something that you loved that most people like. Imagine if you had to explain to at the time you're a teenager, you're explaining to your girlfriend's dad why you like professional <laughs> wrestling. Explain to me some wacky thing that you just you can't explain to, but you're going to try that you enjoy. I mean, let's face it. I'm going to throw the first one out. I know you did this one with the Rick Rude. How would you explain uh, to somebody that, well, yeah, I like this dude who comes out with your wife's face painted on his crotch <laughs> and he wiggles it in your face and in the camera. Well, you pretty much just yeah. explain the whole thing for him. <laughs> how do you explain? <laughs> how do you like that? <laughs> I don't know how to explain the Rick Rude aspect. Of that. That one, <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> but well, something wrong up here. No, but yeah, I, I mean, right off the bat, you know, you're young, like it's, you know, young male, you like fighting, right? So yeah. you want to see the fight, right? But um, I don't know, like it's, it's a tough one, but it's just, you, you let, there's humor in it, you know, like we talked about like the, the British bulldog, you know, yeah. chasing the, or sorry, Matilda chasing somebody around or like the snake, you know, the excitement of it. Something about wrestling, you know, like it's, um, there's a lot of like, uh, it's electrifying, you know what I mean? There's like, it's energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember Elio and I, we, Elio, which WrestleMania did we go to? Remember 18. we went to the Sky Dome? Which, 18. At WrestleMania? Yeah, the Rock like, and Hole game. That, that oh, first, oh. Yeah. That's one of the oh best matches God. of all time. <laughs> Can I tell you, like, by that time, like, I, I, you know, I was kind of phasing out of wrestling. I was in school. I was really busy, whatever. I was, like, traveling a lot. But, uh, so I, I've been out of the loop with wrestling. But, like, the energy in that place was just was unbelievable. And, like, I, I still remember it, right? Like, it still gives me goosebumps. Like, when, you know, Hulk Hogan came out, you know, like, the, the charisma he's got. And then put his charisma with, with The Rock's charisma. You know, Hogan and The Rock, my God, it was amazing. Like, yeah. And to see it live, we were in the 500 levels, like, the top level. But they and had, like, like, the big screens all around. Away. Right. Yeah. Like, it was still amazing being that far away. You still feel like engaged in it. Like everything's so excited. And I'd been, like I said, disconnected from wrestling for a while, but like it, it took nothing for me to get right mm-hmm. back into it, especially with Elio there, like just filling me in on everything. Yeah. So, I mean, just the energy there, it, it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's exciting. And, and, you know, there's a little bit of drama there. Who doesn't mm-hmm. like a little bit of drama? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is the male soap opera, which is, which is people have it, always it, exactly. said. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know what? Uh, wrestling has gone through, man. I, I, I just want you guys to, to throw out some of the wacky things that you remember in wrestling. Just wacky. Let's go with wrestlers or uh, teams or anything. And whether and let's vote if we, like, found them humorous or found them. Because there's some of them. I know you guys are going to disagree on some of my picks that I didn't like. And I'll start off with one I didn't like. I never liked the oddities. I never got that. I thought that yeah. was just... I just thought to yeah. me that just felt it felt like a bunch of weird guys trying weird crap that just fell. Maybe I'm wrong because a lot of people go back and they, they'll talk about Luna Vachon and they'll talk about parts of the the oddities. Yeah. But I have anybody yet to tell well, me that they love the oddities. Well, the, the oddities, it's just that look at the name, like uh-huh. like just that whole uh, faction put together. There was just something about them that it was seemed, a unique. That, that was very group. odd. Like. But that, see, that's just it. I yeah. didn't find them unique or anything. I just thought no, this was a bunch of lower tier garbage. I didn't, yeah. And I don't know why they would put, like, Earthquake in there. Or Golga, whatever. Yeah, Golga, yeah. 
And uh, is he was he the one with the the doll? He was the one with the mask yeah. and the carbon yeah. doll. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. So am, are we agreeing here? Maybe the oddities weren't really that fun. And I didn't enjoy them. No. I would hey, give them this. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, for the short-lived time that they were there, you still mm-hmm. had people doing the thing because that was what they would do, and they would get the people involved. I thought that right? was Public so that, Enemy. Uh, Public Enemy did that too, but then they also, the oddities had it because okay. they did the arm-swinging thing too. I can maybe barely that's, remember Maybe that's where guys. the wacky inflatable arm, you know, waving arm guys came from. I don't know. Okay. Okay. It's funny too. Every time we drive anywhere and uh, we drive, especially we go into Edmonton, there's always a bunch of those things, you know, at like car places. And I'll always say to my son, look, Bailey was here. (laughs) 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 Anyhow. uh, Okay. Somebody else throw out a weird team name, anything. Something you thought was ridiculous yet. Either you hated it or Bushwhackers. Okay. Bushwhackers with the uh, yeah, bushwhackers with the sardines all the time. And, well, uh, just everything about the bushwhackers. Obviously, I'm like, very, like, I'm like, very like pro in the fans' heads. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Joe, you're oh. a young teenage guy, and you're in the audience, and one of the bushwhackers wants to lick your forehead. Does it happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, do, do I really have a choice? I think it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, there you go. Good, good man. Good answer. Guys. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Hopefully you get uh, Luke because he'll lick his uh, forehand as he's <laughs> pretending to lick your yeah. head. Old Butch was not COVID friendly. Did they? No, they they did the smell no. thing. They pretended yeah. to smell each other's. But, but, and then, but so, there was the nasty boys. The nasty boys did like Pity City. Okay, okay, okay. Where they, where okay. they stuck the head. Yeah. I am enacting a known nasty boys. I cannot stand the nasty boys. They were the worst. Uh, you know what? I, I just brought it up. You're talking about our arm. I just because you're oh. talking about the armpit stuff. So. Okay, okay, yuck. Sorry, I do not like the nasty boys. Did you guys find those guys any kind yeah. of? Am I off on this? Uh, no, I know, I, I was as, the, as the late great Gorilla Monsoon once said, the nasty boys are just plain nasty. <laughs> Jeez, great quote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Joe, can you think of somebody really funny, some kind of offbeat, some kind of wacky thing in wrestling that you loved it, even though you're like, holy crap. No, there's so many. Like, uh, I mean, what, the one that comes to my mind is just like thinking back about it. Like, like just think of Paul Bearer when when he first came out, right? Like, yes. how, how crazy was it? Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah. <laughs> he was so weird, right? Yeah, yeah, you know who was good, Brother Love. Like that was just yeah. like, yeah, you know, it, and that's just indicative of a time, right? Where it was like, yeah. you know, 80s, 90s, like. That that's that's what you were getting, you know what I mean? That was the world, right? You were getting crazy stuff like that. Anything you can think of, and that stuff doesn't fly anymore, right? No, like, unfortunately, uh, that was just the time. Which yeah, it's sad, right? It's like, and, and this is like like a tangent, right? But mm-hmm. it's like the movie Back to the Future. I got like some young guys work with me. I'm like, you guys never saw Back to the Future? I'm like, well, they can't relate to it. Yeah, they weren't around that time. You know, it was just a different time. And personally, I feel fortunate that I was like. That I was around during that time to be able to Absolutely. enjoy 80s, 90s, because yeah. it was amazing. It was the best. Like, I don't know if it had something to do with my age or just that time in the world where, like, that was what you were getting because that's, that's yeah. how it was known, right? It was, uh, it was interesting. Well, I'll tell you this, Joe, when uh, the theaters all first went down, the first wave of clothes in Canada, and then all of a sudden they let theaters open and there's nothing new playing, right? So yeah. everyone started playing old movies. The first movie I went to was Back to the Future. To see that again on the uh, big screen, we were all oh, there. Man. I went with some young guys and they actually enjoyed it, which I was surprised. because it, You're right. When you explain it to people, they kind of just don't get what you're getting at. 
yeah. but when they see it, yeah. they kind of does it kind of wins over half of them, right? You know, my favorite yeah. whole thing yeah. in that whole movie, my, my favorite stuff that always popped in my head was the scene where he walks into the diner and he's wearing one of those, you know, like those old Navy vests. The vest. Yep. Yeah. The guy's like, oh, what ship did you come off of, sailor? He's like, what? He goes, yeah. what do you want to drink? He goes, uh, I'll have a tab. Tab? I can't you get can anything to order a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a Pepsi free. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have a free Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Just, like nobody gets those oh, yeah. probably most people wouldn't get the young kids oh, today wouldn't get yeah. half of those jokes but just great stuff yeah. great stuff yeah, yeah um so great. Th- that is that is the kind of funny thing about this sort of stuff you know we, we we're looking back and i'm really kind of hoping that i don't see it coming back you're right that is a sad thing because it's the time it is really sad yeah, yeah. and it's the same as um the, the whole cartoon aspects. I couldn't, you know, I mean, people have tried it. I mean, uh, have any of you guys heard of Shakara? I mean, for, they tried that kind of, I've heard of Shikara. I they did a kind of either. fantasy kind of thing where it, it was she's like, a singer, right? Like the Colombian singer. No, not Shakara. He's <laughs> oh. all hips, that one. No. Yeah. yeah. Those hips don't lie. <laughs> oh, uh, now we're getting into bad comedy bits. But uh, <laughs> Shakara tried that whole, uh, to rekindle that sort of thing by having, you know, characters of the ants and all this sort of thing. I mean, and I, as much as I hate indie-rific stuff at times, my, one of my most ridiculous fun things, and, and folks, we're, we were telling you guys a lot to look this up on YouTube. YouTube this, the world's most dangerous wrestling move uh, with a, the o- Osiris or something like that. And if you watch this thing, these guys are fighting, and this group comes out, and they start doing the snake move, right? And it hypnotizes the guy in the ring. And he starts breakdancing and then everybody's breakdancing and like, the, yeah, <laughs> yes. And the announcer's like, it's the most dangerous move in the world. No one can resist the deadly hypnotic <laughs> powers of Osiris. This is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. Oh, man, that's awesome. I like that. I relate to that. <laughs> I, you know, that's kind of a fun, goofy kind of stuff. And yet yeah. that's just it though. Now you see, we can go back to the eighties in the 90s and we can see stuff like this and it was acceptable in a giant crowd but you know what the problem here and you know joe you 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 say it can't work and you're right because we've been trained ourselves that that stuff doesn't fly anymore on national television exactly yeah you know yeah Um, people can't suspend reality for a little bit anymore and, and just say you know hey just get lost in this this world you know just have some fun with it right Exactly. And where did that go? Because we used to be able to do that. But in our push for realism, we took some of that fun out. And we become snobs about it. As we were talking about this, as we went through this whole thing, I was thinking of uh, an example of something ridiculous I'd seen. But as we're talking, I realized it was kind of fun. And now I feel bad about bringing it up as something negative when I think, even though this is probably one of the most indie-rific type things I've seen in the last year, and I'm pretty sure, Andy, you were at this card, maybe in the back when it happened, Uh but a wrestler was out there and somehow he got everyone to start singing Baby Shark to his freaking move. I think it was, well, maybe it was, was, pretty sure it was a PWA show with Slammer on it, and he got Uh, people to chant along. Yeah, it was last year, and he got somebody. He got the crowd to sing, chant along "Baby Shark" while he was doing something. 
And you see, now you just rolled your eyes. And this is the guy who's seen a guy uh, gyrate in someone's face and with their wife's picture on it. We've had a snake. We've had Komodo dragons. We've had a dog chasing somebody in a thing. Yet you just rolled your eyes at Baby Shark. Why? Uh, And it's funny because as Joe was talking earlier, what's that? Because you're a heel and that's part of the act. (laughs) Well, I mean, hey, if it works, I guess. But. You know, as, as you guys were talking just a couple of minutes ago, uh, mm-hmm. what was popping into my head and you're saying, it's like, okay, well, back in the 80s and 90s, this stuff we could do and, and yeah. nowadays, nah. but we went from the cartoony over the top to the attitude era where, okay, now we want everything to be more real, more reality based. It's almost like the suspension, and I think it's more the suspension of disbelief than the suspension of belief, because, you know, we're taking away the suspending the disbelief to believe it. So we started like the 80s and 90s, uh, or like way up here, and it's like, nope, we need realism. So we got to bring it down to here. And now it's like, okay, well, we still want some goofy stuff. So we're almost like hitting a, like a glass ceiling of, well, you know, I'll suspend my disbelief for a little bit, but if you try and go past this, yeah, I don't buy it. And that's, yeah, you can't you, you can't go back. We've 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 come so far into the realism stuff that it's like, well, you reach a certain point where it's like, and I think we've even talked about that on shows where uh, you're like, yeah, you know what, that that's just too much for me. Like, I can't, you know, I can yeah. I can I can give you the suspension of disbelief. I'll I'll buy this. I'll buy this. Eh, I'm not gonna. It's it's like, and I'm and I, I'm I'm kind of almost like kind of kicking myself in my head for even bringing this up. It's almost like some of the Joey Ryan crap. You know, people oh, can say, yeah. oh, yeah, it's entertaining or whatever. But when you're getting into, like, the the, the dick claws or whatever he's doing, and that type of yeah. thing where, you know, somebody sends you that clip on Facebook or somebody goes, like, you know, hey, you're the wrestling fan. Explain this to me. I can't. I refuse to. I won't. I, I That's just that it's that type of thing where you know people take the well pro wrestling is like a circus some people come for the trapeze some people come for uh, the strongman some people come for the clowns some people come for the dick claws i don't yeah. know yeah and yet nobody comes for the elephant shit so why do we have to shovel them <laughs> we got to keep things clean around here somehow somehow but that but but getting back to it, though that's i think this yeah. is the thing and kind of like you know kind of joe was echoing there is that you know we've 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 brought that suspension of disbelief so far down for the realism that you try to, you know, you try to break that glass ceiling and it's almost like, nope, nope, can't buy it. I'm, I'm sorry. Like you can, you can test my intelligence, but you push it too far and I'm out. Well, I think too, is, is that whole uh, bridge of where we had, uh, okay. Some of the things we talking about that worked that were funny also had a bit of innocence to them. Right. Yeah. And I would say that uh, the attitude error gave us, ridiculous crap but they gave it in too much of an adult too far manner that it was too much uh like you had midian running around naked remember that crap or there there was just so many uh when you think about there was just as many goofy uh silly things they tried to do at that time but they were pushed and charged so either sexually or so frenetically that you couldn't even like i mean it's fun to joke about uh you can say Rick Rude put your wife's face on his crotch and danced around and bugged you. And that was a thing, right? But he didn't put your naked wife's picture on a poster and send it to the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, which was what happened in the attitude area. Everything yeah. got so overly hyped sexual or overly ridiculous that it couldn't, there wasn't even good taste or fun in it. 
but that's what people were buying into at the time, right? Because mm-hmm. it went, it was such an opposite extreme from the the late '80s, early '90s cartoonish stuff, where you had mm-hmm. your T.L. Hoppers, you had your Freddie Joe Floyd's, you had your cartoon characters to like, okay, well, now we're we're you know we're getting into some tits and ass, and we're getting into guys mm-hmm. streaking and and just tasteless crude stuff that yeah. you know again for the time we often talk about wrestling old kind of mirror society and at the time Mm -hmm. that's what people were looking for that's that kind of edginess you know reality television that was becoming a thing and and that's that's what people wanted they they want the they want the sex and sex sells always does and what about today does sex still sell uh it does but when you're governed by shareholders that's what makes it a little more difficult Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. And that, you know what? That and the uh, fact that it's 2020. Just okay. Sorry, sorry, Joe. Go ahead. Oh, go on, go on, and then and go ahead. Finish up. Oh, oh no, I was just, I was just adding on. I mean, you know, like, like I was saying, like sex sells. I mean, it's one thing when you have to, uh, uh, you know, answer to shareholders, but also in this day, it's you know, you have to be a bit more careful about what you do because chances are you're going to offend somebody. <laughs> okay. What but. what I, what I want to ask is like, so so what do you think now, like, um. You know, like you, you went cartoony, then we went to like more like uh, reality based, right? Like, mm-hmm. do you think that kids nowadays can still go for that cartoony side of it? You know, like I used to watch wrestling more when I was a kid, and that was when that was happening, right? Do you think kids are too smart these days, or you know, they've just changed so much that they won't even go for that anymore? Like, what do you guys think? Like, opening up to everyone there, yeah. it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. Like, do you think for the kids, you can put the cartoony, the 80s style of it, or are they even so far past that? And they're already, like, right up to speed. Well, I don't think, what they want. in my opinion, I don't think that we can recapture the 80s. Like, that's how I started, right? For the simple fact is, at that time, wrestling had a mystique to it. Nobody had still come out and said, this isn't real. Um, you know, being a uh, 11-year-old, 12-year-old boy, in my head... I was always that guy, like, you know, because nobody had said anything yet, right? This is like 82, 83 for me. And so I'm of that mind of, well, maybe it sometimes is real. And then you get those magazines and you see all the blood and you see all the craziness. And so there was that, that aspect, it could be real. And then WWE started pumping out all these kind of cartoon characters. And I'm not going to lie, at that age, I liked it. You know, I used to watch it and I watched the Hulk Hogan cartoon and I, I, you know, I I came along with it. And yeah, there did become a time when I became a teenager where I was like, okay, this, nah, this ain't for me. Right. But Mm -hmm. then, uh, unfortunately the attitude error came along and being, uh, you know, like being, uh, in my twenties, it was something that appealed to me, you know, like it, it, Oh, wow. This is titillating. You're turning on the TV and there's more sex and more things that you'd see anywhere else mixed with something from my youth. Cause wrestling was something that I always saw growing up with my family. So today though, I think it's a harder thing because we don't have that background of like, is it real? Is it not? So that mystique is gone. So then basically we're going in a little harder here. We're going in with the fact that we already know it's a predetermined uh, ballet of dance of men, right? Or you and know, women. Of, yeah. But 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 to describe it though is there's nothing we can do to really describe this on such a great mystique level to catch a child's imagination, right? Um, children like I grew up with my nephew. He loved wrestling. Oh man, he I would go to his house and watch the pay per views every single time until he turned 13 
<laughs> as soon as he found girls, wrestling was like, yeah, I don't watch this junk anymore. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so um, how do we get, I don't know how it's, but the thing is it's cyclical, right? So will it come to a point where um, we go so far one way that it, it, it might become to that where we come so far into the violent aspect of the sport that we have to take a step back. That's probably what will happen. So how does that go? Probably not another generation or two until children are back to the way we got into wrestling because you can't recapture the time, but mm -hmm. everything does go in cycles and everything is presented as such. So yeah, I do see that coming back someday, but I don't think it'll be my son's era. I mean, my son will only watch wrestling probably because I watch it and he might get into it then. And, you know, I'll take him backstage and he'll meet wrestlers and that'll be exciting for him. And he may start to like it then. But if I didn't do this, if I didn't have anything to do with wrestling, if I didn't watch it, I highly doubt he'd find it on his own these days because it's not presented. They say, like, I, I, I find WWE very super confusing, okay? They say they have stockholders. They say they're trying to make it a family entertainment. Yet when you watch it, there's nothing there that's for young kids. But there's also nothing exactly there for people on the edge, for the older kids. And... So I'm not sure what exactly they're shooting for. They're shooting for the middle and hope somebody falls in because it's not very exciting. It's not as interesting. The stories make no sense. And at least, you know, at least the stories made sense in the day. You remember when um, Hulk Hogan ripped or Andre the Giant ripped Hulk Hogan's uh, necklace off, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. To yep. describe that to anybody seems, well, why'd they really get fight? Okay, I mean, he's picking a fight. But because the way they did that, there was a story there. It gave you those feelings, right? And I just say today when I turn on WWE, you know, I watch what I mean, the extent of the stories is the Firefly Funhouse where I see a psychotic individual in a in a turtleneck telling weird ass semi scary stories with puppets getting killed. Yeah. Who is this appealing to? It's not appealing to not me. To I'm an old man. It's not yeah. appealing to my kids and it's certainly not appealing to teenagers. So who who are they writing this for? They they don't know, and, and I think that's that's one of the biggest things though. But mm -hmm. the the larger picture, and I think the, I think you kind of really nailed it. Is like okay, well they're doing this, they're doing this. Who are they trying to attract? And this will all tie in back to Joe's question about you know can kids get involved? Because or like like will kids get involved? I'm gonna say no because the biggest problem or not the biggest problem, the biggest challenge, the biggest difference now going you know, compared to the late eighties, early nineties is, you know, not just for, for adults, but kids, like everybody, there is so much competition for your attention and only yeah. 24 hours in the day back when we were kids, we didn't have internet. We didn't have tablets. Uh, you know, we had our, our basic cable TV, unless you were lucky to have a satellite dish or something, you know what you had to wait for Saturday mornings for cartoons. Or, you know, it was like lunch hour or if you were getting four o'clock, five o'clock after school specials or something like that. You didn't get Cartoon Network, Disney Network, YTV, uh, you know, a whole yeah. host of other like Netflix, Disney Plus, everything there is, you know, like for kids, like you know, we had to learn that, OK, well, if I wanted to watch this show, if I wanted to watch Bugs Bunny at seven o'clock in the morning, I had to get up at seven o'clock in the morning because if VCRs weren't around yet. Hey, guess what? If you missed it, you missed it. Saturday yeah. night's main event, you know, okay, it's going to come on once a month or every six, every six weeks. Okay, well, hey, yeah. we're all going to make sure we're going to watch it because if we miss it, we miss it.
I miss a lot of them. Yeah, we met, you know, and 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 so that's and that was it. So to have Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, and there just wasn't as much kids stuff so that was where you know families could get into wrestling because that was one of the few things you know it's the same thing like the nhl the nfl uh major league baseball like that's why all these guys are constantly competing constantly trying to figure out you know what can we do what can we do at our live shows to keep people entertained we have our tv shows what are we going to do to keep people entertained because hey if you're not entertained you're going to change the channel yep and, and, you know, whereas, hey, kids, it's, it's Saturday afternoon, it's 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, Stampede Wrestling's on, or it's 1 o'clock, Maple Leaf Wrestling is on. Big deal. We got the WWE Network now. You know, you got Disney Plus, you're going to watch this, you're going to do that. There's not a chance that it's going to be like it was, like, back in the day. And that's why I think not a chance you're ever going to get back. You know, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with, with wrestling being cyclic, but not not to this extent where... We're going to have a mass wave of, oh, all of a sudden, you know, somehow we're going to draw kids back in because there's way too much other stuff out there nowadays. Okay. Okay. Before we move on to Elio. I think you guys just, sorry? Sorry. I was going to say, I think you guys both nailed it. Both, like, both points, like, bang on, like, the, you know, the is it real, is it not? I can totally relate to that 100%. And then, yeah, yeah like you said, there's just way too much competition out there. So it's tough. That is. And you know what? I, I'd like to also point out, and, and we never really mentioned this. We always talk about Stampede Wrestling in the afternoons as Western Canadians, right? Uh, and Andy. And do you remember, Andy, or did you even know what the show was that came on before Stampede Wrestling quite a bit? Um, off the top of my head, no. If you tell me, I'll probably remember, or if I actually dig into my old VHS okay. collection and pull some of them up. <laughs> uh, a lot of times it was Popcorn Playhouse which was a show where they had a bunch of children in a crowd watching fun cartoons, movies, and a host thing. And then that would lead in to Stampede Wrestling. So you already, you know, so you had a bunch yeah, of kids yeah. watching before and then they watched this, you know? So it was, yeah. it's right though. I remember being a teenager. I remember being younger, looking all around, trying to find out wrestling from anywhere else. You know, if I had a friend who had satellite, would like be scooping through his satellite stuff. Where can we find something cool, you know? Today, I can just type in someone's name. I can type in Andy Anderson on YouTube and go to a match. Yep. I can type in a type of match. I can type in a time period. I can type anything. It's all there, you know? But what, what if I, you know, and you're right, competition, like, my God, I can watch. I used to have to wait for movies to come out. You guys remember the days where we sat around and read books <laughs> about mag magazines, about movies coming? Nope. Yeah. Or Super Channel. I always laugh about that. We yeah. used to have Super Channel as a kid. That they was a give big you, deal. They, yeah, that was massive. They give us a magazine. And suppose the movie was Indiana Jones, right? And you had Indiana Jones on the cover. And then you open up and it's like, ooh, it's playing on the 5th. The 12th yeah. and the 18th at two times. Yeah. I better see if I can get that. Oh yeah. man! And you have to plan your time, but that's just yeah. it. But, but but and that's just it. But even going wow. back to like Stampede Wrestling, Maple Leaf Wrestling, that's another thing, though, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, and I guess you can kind of do that with Raw, where you're like, okay, well, 7 p.m. Eastern, you know, or 8 p.m. Yeah. Eastern time, or whatever. But you say, okay, whatever it was, like two o'clock Saturday afternoons. Well, uh, you yeah. know, and you're an AWA guy for me, because I mean, originally being yeah. from Winnipeg, 6 p.m. Saturday evenings, uh, CKND Channel 12. That was when AWA wrestling was on. Okay. For me, it was when, uh, four o'clock TSN in Alberta. There, <laughs> there you go. And that's, but that's just, again, like one of those things that's, that's, mm -hmm. you know, kind of lost Yeah. because, you know, and you can look at, you know, Vince, you know, Vince was, has said himself several times over, like, you know, WCW wasn't really the competition. He wasn't worried about wrestling. He's not worried about this. He was worried about Monday night football. He was worried about the latest movie yeah. coming out. 
you know, he's, you know, we're not, we're not wrestling. You know, we're an entertainment company. So that's where you're worried about that stuff versus, mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, you know, all stuff between dynamite and NXT side, but yeah. Yeah. My point, like it, it's, it just goes back to, there's just so much competition and we're all so short. Our attention spans are so short mm-hmm. that now nah, this is boring. Click. And you don't come back. You know, we talk about that with the picture in picture. Yo, yes. And I got to tell you, I try with the picture in picture guys. I seriously try so for you folks I. to watch this crap. And <laughs> I just lose interest in like 40 seconds in. I'm like, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Um, you know what, Joe? It used to be like this for me uh, when I was 14 years old. Uh, Saturday would come and uh, I would have a choice between Stampede Wrestling or Maple Leaf Wrestling came on roughly the same time. Ooh. Always pick Stampede sometimes because it just seemed like it was always big guys beating up nobodies on Maple Leaf. Maple Leaf, yeah. Then we would watch, me and my, me and my father, we'd watch uh, TSN Wrestling, AWA Wrestling from Winnipeg. And then we'd go out for supper. That was our thing every Saturday night. Then he'd take me out for a steak or something like that. And we, and then, you know, that was a thing. Nobody does that anymore. Nobody looks at that as like, I, I, I cannot think of one person who probably like, yeah, I'm going to watch wrestling with my son and take him for supper. It's like, yeah. nobody even follows the schedule anymore. Well, P- yeah, but you don't have to, cause you'll PVR mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I used to sit back and watch the most boring AWA matches when they went to Las Vegas. Remember that? And they used to have like a lot of the show matches. Yeah. Half of them would like three quarters of the matches would be pretty shitty, but you'd sit through it because you wanted to get to that main event. But I remember even if I had to tape it, I started to tape things. I still never fast forward through it. I'd sit there and watch it. Even it was kind of tedious and get through it today. If I had my way, if I didn't, if I wasn't talking about AEW every week, I'd probably like fast forward three quarters of that show. You know, if, if anything, I'm looking to see what the crap is that I have to talk about, yep. the crappy parts and, and make fun of it or whatever, as compared to just that feeling of it used to be like, and we can't say it's an oversaturation of wrestling. Okay. Because there was a time when, uh, yes, you may have only got uh, one or two things on your TV, but there was 800 freaking companies doing 800 television shows across North America. Mexico, Japan, it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think, too, it's just been a fundamental shift at what we see as entertainment and what we see as being valuable. And I think, unfortunately, uh, and I will blame the WWE a lot for this, and I will definitely blame um, the Attitude Era for this, is as much as it brought in a gazillion people for a few minutes, it also tarnished the future. You know, you can run out and if you have a garden full of, uh, you know, suppose I grow a field full of corn and I go out and I take every piece of corn out and cook it up one night and eat it. Oh, what a bonanza that is. But if I don't plant any corn for next season, we're kind of screwed as the time goes on. And that's what the WWE did. It it really, in my opinion, shot itself in the foot by just trying to top garbage and nonsense on top of garbage and nonsense to the point where it made people not want you tuned in to see a car wreck, right? You're driving down the street, a car wreck happens. How many people that, no matter, you're on a highway and it goes down to 20 because everyone's rubbernecking, taking a look, right? Well, you know what? If there's 20 car wrecks on your ride home, I'm guaranteeing you after about four of them, you're not looking at anything. You're not caring anymore. That's what happened with wrestling. It became an ugly car wreck that a lot of people just didn't want to look through the thing anymore to see if they knew anyone or what. It just was a mess. And unfortunately, I don't know if you can come back from that. 
don't know. I don't know how you would do it. And if I did know, hell, if me and Andy knew, we'd be millionaires being hired by Vince McMahon right now to do it. But we don't know either. No, Vince wouldn't hire us. We'd be hired by Tony Khan. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Well, uh, we got any more questions? I was just going to say, you never know. Like, maybe now after COVID, right? Like, maybe now's the time to, you know... Uh, to strike while the iron's hot there with like live wrestling you know people are like yeah. probably going to be sick of being inside watching netflix watching all these tv shows maybe now they're going to want to go to live shows and maybe now's a really good time for you know live wrestling to make a comeback you never know i i would like that i think that would be great but there's a problem with the wwe is uh all of their money is tied up in tv revenues right now that's where they make 80 percent of their income live shows have become nothing to them and I don't know if they're going to take, they would be smart to recapture. And, and if they do brilliance on them, you're right. Here's the time. If WWE, you know, if anyone who's, if any of the three other fans who downloaded the show are listening and you belong to the WWE, use this idea because there is going to be people who want to see these live shows. This would be the time to, to strike and get families back into it, to get people back into the love of it. But will you do that if 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 eighty percent of your your funds come from television alone? Yeah. That's the beast you got to feed. Um, there's already rumors. There's already rumors out there that they're not going to return to live shows. Yeah, WWE has been talking about not even doing yeah. live anymore. Just because it's you know that all this has gone on and they're making like record profits. Yeah, they haven't gone down in any after no shows. They're not showing any decrease in profits. If anything, they've been showing an upcrease because people are buying more merchandise online. Yeah, but I, I feel people are going to want to get out of the house. So the, the mm-hmm. people who start yeah. putting on live shows are going yeah. to be cashing in, in my opinion, yeah. because they're going to be stealing from them. Right now, sure, they're cashing in because people can't go anywhere, so they need something to watch. They yeah. need something yeah. to do. But people are going to get sick of that. They're going to want to go out. Oh, I agree. Have, you have live I, shows, I agree, too. In any respect. And that's what AEW at least has its mind set on being a fuller tour company. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, the problem with, the, with WWE is uh, think of giant companies. <clears throat> giant companies are like whales. Okay. They're big and they're powerful, but it's kind of hard to turn around once they're going in a direction. And by the time they turn around, it's too late to catch the little fish flying around. Unfortunately, WWE has had a, a very big history of this. They get themselves on a track and maybe it's successful. But when things start failing and start dropping, they don't adjust the course. They keep going straight. Vince McMahon figures he knows what you want more than what you know you want. Yeah. So he keeps going. And usually it takes like a massive shark hunter to take a big bite out of you before you turn around, you know. And unfortunately, he's sitting pretty right now. He's got three more year contract where they're making millions, multi-millions. Is it almost a billion for uh, SmackDown on the one thing per year? They're uh-huh. making so much money. That it's ridiculous. They're making more money they've ever, ever made for just television, which means to them now, it's more important that you tune in every Friday or Monday to find out what's going on because the sponsors are paying the big bucks. And it doesn't matter the little the people who want to go to shows. And let's face it. I don't know if you ever seen the numbers, but going into COVID, uh, WWE's touring numbers were pathetic. I mean, they would tour like they would come to places like, you know, Edmonton, where it used to be a big wrestling thing. And you go in there and it's not it's a quarter full. You know, they, they you know what, though? And the wrestling actually Edmonton, 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember seeing some of the numbers. Edmonton actually still did better than a lot of the U.S. Uh, oh, that's tough. That, eh? that's, that's Canadian definitely. dollars, yeah. And I mean, we'd get you know we'd still get like six, eight thousand people, and other towns in the U.S. would be getting like half that. And and it also too, you know, WWE kind of changed itself. Like, I don't know when the last WWE show I went to was probably about eight years ago, and I went to this show, and I was sitting on the floor. And we were eight rows from the ring, and you still couldn't really see the wrestlers. You basically had to look up and watch the the the, the, t- the screens. And I remember sitting there thinking, and you'll love this, Andy, because I remember I said to Karen, and she said the same thing. She's like, "I'd rather be at a PWA show. At least we could see the wrestlers, and, it, and the fans <laughs> are a lot funner." You know what I mean? Yep. And yep. Uh, they had just made themselves such a, a a boring monolith touring thing. There's so much that they they'd have to change. But it, it's well, doable. This is the chance to change that. Go ahead, Andy. I will say, because, I mean, you're saying eight years ago, and, mm-hmm. and I've been to the last couple of house shows that they've been to here. Yeah. They were good shows. Okay. I, I'm not going to lie. And it, it's one of those things where, and, and I think what it goes back to, and this is something to me that's been like a regular thing forever, is that, you know, people are like, oh, this is so awesome. I want to go to like see Monday Night Raw. I want to see SmackDown mm-hmm. Live. And it's cool because the lights are there. The stars are there you know, the, the fireworks, everything's going to happen, you know, storylines advance and all that. But the thing is, is, you know, this is live TV mm-hmm. and it's not for the audience in the arena. It's yeah, for the it's audience in the TV. So you're doing your two hours or your three hours and everything is boom, 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 done. Or a, or a lot of, okay, everyone, we're not doing anything. Well, commercial. Yeah. Hold on, commercial, or we're showing vignette. You don't have to show his vignettes going back and forth on the the screen. Whereas you do the the house shows, it's you know, I mean, not to say it's like a PW, it is like a PW show. It's it's the house shows. It's where guys can put in more time. They can work on stuff. They can have more fun. They can interact with the crowd, and and that's you know, we talk about that interaction, that connection, and this is where you can have your 20 minute tag team matches. You can have your uh, matches where guys are messing around with, with the crowd. And that's mm-hmm. what people were missing. And that's what they were, that's what they were going there for. And, and I'd have you know, a lot of people that I talked to are like, man, like this show is a lot better than going to a Monday night raw. Can I, can I ask you a quick question? And I don't want to cut this here. No, no. Uh, when you went to the last two shows, right? Yep. Uh, did you go with other wrestling people and got to meet wrestlers backstage and talk with officials? Or were you in the crowd audience like everyone else? Both to the sense See, that, that that's a different thing. That's a whole no, different no, thing when you get no, to No, 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 because I'm the only one going backstage. Right. No, but I mean, you still, that's still part of the experience. You know, yeah, but, people, because, and I know that I only bring oh, that yeah, up because I've but, seen wrestlers who know, yeah, you know. But, but I mean, you know, I'll, I'll I pay hey, if it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's not. But mm-hmm. to go, but to go to these shows, mm-hmm. and to go with other wrestling fans, they're still going to tell that you know. If I'm, I mean, I'm the one going backstage, so that has no effect on them. Mm-hmm. If anything, they could be cranky and sour and saying, "Well, how come you can't get us backstage?" Yeah, no, no. I just meant for your own experience. Oh yeah, that's but, kind but of. I'm, it. I'm not, but, I, but see, but but I'm not talking about even what I'm just telling you now. I'm not talking yeah. about my experience. Oh, okay. I'm talking about like, I mean, I watch you know almost. The people I watch everything else almost more than just the wrestling itself. Okay. Okay. And that's where I'm talking about the experience of like listening. It's just like being in a match, listening to the crowd, watching the crowd, paying attention to what they're doing, what they're responding to. That's more what I go to watch. I'm out there to watch the the matches and be like, oh, this guy should be doing this. This guy should be doing this. I'm I'm taking in the whole picture. So I'm when I'm when I'm telling you that, I'm telling okay. you because I'm watching the fans over here. Okay. I'm watching the fans up there. 
Okay, then you know what? Jill brought up a great question here, and I, and I and I do you think that if the WWE could use this as a time to start cultivating fans and younger fans or families even by going back to a uh, touring schedule now that you know we've all been in lockup so long, or will they just turn around and just sell tickets more expensive to their TV tapings? <laughs> it's, that's in, you know what I mean. That's entirely possible, but I doubt it. Um, I don't, you know what, I don't think it anything, just because of the way society is and the way things are going, I don't think this is something that people are going to necessarily rush back to. I, I, I'm, not dis, I'm not disagreeing uh, mm-hmm. and saying that, you know, everybody's been locked up for so long they want to get out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely they do. But, you know, the, the whole thing about whether they're going to... whether Take wrestling over anything else? Not, not even... Not even wrestling, but just whether there's vaccines going on, whether there's whatever going on, for people to be jumping, oh, yeah, I want to go back into an arena with 20,000 people. I see that. And i got to tell you this, Joe. I'll tell you this. Being locked in, being, you know, we're on hard, uh, right now in Alberta, we're on hard uh, isolation, right? We can't do a lot of things. Um, when this breaks up, as much as I love wrestling, and I do, ask, you know, Andy's tell you I've been to yep. many, many, many shows that he's been there too, you know. And uh, i got to tell you, though, I want to go to a movie. I want to go out to eat. I want to go see wrestling. a band in concert. I want to, there's a whole bunch yeah. more things. And I'm a guy who does wrestling every week. And yes, wrestling yeah. is not that super high on the list. You know what though? That yeah. goes back to the earlier part of what we were saying. Competition. Yeah. It's going to be all competition all over exactly. again. Yeah. You took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. It's, now, it's, Joe, it's just, there's just too much to do nowadays. So, I mean, okay. Well, why, why are you going to go there? Now, Joe, you loved wrestling. Do you still love wrestling? Do you watch wrestling with any regularity? I I, I don't like. I'll just like uh, if if I catch it, like I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. Like if right. you know, if Elvio and I go out to to a live show, yeah, I'll go to it. Yeah. If he's watching it and I happen to be there, you know, I'll ask him, hey, like fill me in on the storyline, which is yeah. a, is a, an interesting point. Mm-hmm. You know, the the storyline is important for me. You know, what I mean, it's yeah. not just about like watching the wrestling, right? Like. What's the story behind it? Like you said, you know, like the male yeah. pop or whatever you want. To What's call the it. motivation? What's my yeah. motivation, direct <laughs> Yeah, so that's what it is. I'm not. Uh, when when I was a kid, it was it was, you know what? It was a different time, and like it mm-hmm. just we're coming full circle there. Like it was that was what was available, you know, at that time. It was a simpler time, mm-hmm. right? And nowadays it's just like it's entertainment overload, and. Uh, I, for one, like, I'm just grateful that I was, that I, that we can all sit here and talk about it and we have that nostalgia, you know, like we yeah. can look back and yeah. say, you know what, we can all relate to that. You know, we can say, you know, Jake the Snake or like say, hit the music and, you know, we'll all laugh what I saw like with my buddies. We still look back at these 80s wrestling, the Macho Man. It's mm-hmm. awesome. We're so lucky to have that because I don't know that like, you know, 30, 40 years from now, like kids who are watching, even watching wrestling right now will be able to look back and relate to stuff that's going on in wrestling absolutely or or anything for that matter i don't know what they're going to talk about like you know you, you talked about like even, even the movies like back to the future yeah. we can relate to those movies right it was a simpler time that's all we had right yep so yep. you know there wasn't a lot so you know everyone saw the same thing and like we, we can all relate to it we, we all like laugh about it or like we you know those one-liners mm-hmm. or whatnot yeah it, it's pretty awesome i feel fortunate Okay. Do you think there's anything that could ever bring you back into watching wrestling? Um, that's. 
I don't know. That's a tough. Okay, like I, I like UFC right now, for example. Okay. Like I, I enjoy like the you know the martial arts. Okay. There, right? There's there's no storyline there. There's it's just the actual martial arts there. So Unless Conor McGregor's a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a heel if there ever was one. But anyways, sorry. But who is but who's one of um, his biggest influences? CM Punk. No. <laughs> Rick Flair. Rick Flair. <laughs> Woo! I don't know. Yeah. So um, you you can't see anything though that would Yeah, I, I don't Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And you know what? We've had this really interesting discussion because what we wanted to really look at, you know, we started off so many different ways. We were thinking we were going to go into catchphrases. Maybe we'll do Hulkamania. But basically, uh, I wanted to go in and just see where we'd go and what would be a direction. And, and obviously, we found this interesting direction. And we're looking at, I guess, when we really think about it, it's what wrestling is and was. What can it be? We don't know. Things seem like they can turn into a cycle. Maybe things seem like they can be the same again. But how can they when we live in a world where everything is expanding and changing? Wrestling came out of a small niche where a whole bunch of us jumped on back in the 80s. Well, now it's still a small niche, but there's 100,000 other things you can jump on and it appeals to every other aspect of what we had before. The guys brought this up before there wasn't a lot of choice. You watch the same movies, you went to the same sporting events, you watched the same programs because there was only X amount of programs. And yes, they had to be good to be presented to you. But today, I mean, we live in a world where there's channels dedicated to, hey, these are the top 10 shittiest movies you've ever seen. Watch them. <laughs> hey, these are the most horrible people you've ever knew. Learn about them. Hey, this is the dumbest shit you've ever seen. Take a peek. We live in a world where nothing is even presented uh, to us that we would want to lock on all the time. It's there. But when there's so many shades of other things, when we can go from the best to somewhat the best to the latest to the worst to the ultimate crap, and it's there anytime, you can click on the internet and choose in a second. I don't have to open up my, my super channel guide and decide what uh, Thursday at what time I'm going to get to see that movie. No, I could just put it in the movie title and type it in and watch it that night, right then. Unfortunately, wrestling has not endured itself. It's not made itself must-grow TV. It hasn't made itself something that will grow with you. It's something you want to pass on. If anything, it's become a guilty pleasure for some people. We spend more of our time explaining to our friends. Me and Andy have an old thing where we say, we hate the parts where, where something comes on and you're sitting there and you have a friend next to you and you dread saying, uh, well, what is that? Uh, how do I explain that crap? It happens way too much. And uh, 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 just quickly, just uh, yes. of course, you mean like in today's today's world, though, it's not right beside us. It's uh, messengering us or texting us going. Yes. Yeah, we're not even that. Heck, there used to be when we were kids, we would get together and pretend we were each wrestler and wrestle each other around and act, you know, Today, me and Andy and, and, and Elio sit and say ridiculous things online while we watch TV shows to each other. We don't even watch them together. I mean, I guess in a sense we are, but we're not really. So as we get more and more We're virtually watching them together. We're virtually watching yeah. As we become more and more apart in society, as we become more and more connected through electronics, connected through anything but being next to each other, <laughs> it's pretty hard to transfer your love of something onto someone else. And uh, 
Maybe the days of wrestling are gone. Oh, do not be sick here, Andy. Do not be sick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty hard to... <laughs> I'm going to have to pick my words here. It is rather <laughs> difficult to impart the same kind of passion and the same kind of excitement that wrestling did for me or for each of us onto someone else when we live in a society where we don't even share things next to each other. So will it get better? We hope. Wrestling fans, eh? We're the dummies. We all sit around waiting for the glory days. I can tell by the look on Joe's face, he would love tomorrow if it was the 1980s wrestling again. He would be watching it in a heartbeat. You know what? So would most of us. As much as we complain bitterly about it, there was some good stuff there and there was a lot more people watching. So fans, we want to thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, Support wrestling in the way you can. Try and find the better things. And you know what? Be vocal about it. One of the things about companies like WWE is, yeah, they're big, slow to answer to stuff, but enough people start yelling, they're going to listen. You have the way, you have the way to control it. You know, I think that's one of the reasons Vince McMahon is kind of glad there's no uh, live wrestling anymore, or fans in the audience, because fans used to hijack the show and, and take away what he thought was his vision. It was before it was the only way that you could control some, somewhat what was happening. You were mad that Daniel Bryan wasn't made the champion. And everyone went out there and they made a shit stink about it until Vince had to listen. Well, with no fans, that's gone. No touring, that's gone. But you know what? He's a publicly traded company. You want to start controlling it, then you squeeze them where it hurts the most. And that's in the dollar bills. And you get on the sponsors and you write in and you tell them what they want. And I guarantee you, unfortunately, as much as people like him may think that they control everything, they're always biding to the dollar. So... That's all I can say about that. For want to thank you, Joe. Before we go, you know I need for you to cut a promo of your favorite wrestler right now. I I, I need a promo and, and and cut it on that that dastardly Andy Anderson because that stinkeroni <laughs> needs a he needs a. a hey, I'm not the one on here professing my uh, need to transfer my love. <laughs> Says the single man. Anyhow, <laughs> that's why I keep it in private, not like you. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Uh, score uh, Lone Wolf for that one. All right. Joe, you're going to cut a 30-second promo on that dastardly scumbag Andy No, don't Anderson. do that Andy Anderson. I want to hear you do it on The Gentleman. Yes, on your brother. So, sorry, what, what am I doing here? You're cutting a promo in character of your favorite 80s character as if he's going to fight The Gentleman next week at... Uh, oh, no. At the okay. Northlands Coliseum, we're gonna say. Well, no, no, mate. For there, there. Right, are you in? Where are you in Ontario yeah. too, Joe? No, no, I'm in Michigan right now. You're in Michigan, oh. okay. Uh, no, then it's either gonna be the Maple Leaf Gardens or the Pontiac Silver Dome. Ooh, the Pontiac Silver Dome. This is main event time. Pontiac Silver Dome. Wow. Um, okay, let me see. I got to do a little improv here. All right. Uh, let me see. All right. <laughs> hey, gentlemen. Who do you think you are, man? Me, Razor Ramon? Do you know how hard I gotta work to say the words that I gotta say? Huh? You, do you know what a guy like me could do to a guy like you? Hey, 
I'm oozing machismo, man. <laughs> well done. I'm oh, sorry. yes, oh yes, God. yes. You even had a manager running in the background. Yeah, yeah I was going to say there was an unprofessional <laughs> run-in. That was uh... – Sorry, man. You put me on the spot. I don't know. That's all I could come up with. That's hey, good. No, no, for, that for on the spot for someone who's not used to it, that was awesome. The voice was great. Very well done. Sir. Very great well job. Done. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining good us. Stuff. I hope you had fun uh, talking some wrestling. Uh, wrestling fans, I hope you guys uh, at least had a chance to think about some of the things we're talking about today because this is this has been kind of a concept-heavy one. You know, we're thinking about some really things here. Uh, I don't want wrestling to end. Obviously, we're here, you know, we're here every week, twice a week, three times a week, uh, talking wrestling. So, obviously, it's something important to us. Um, I want to thank my uh, regular co-hosts. Uh, Eddie, thanks a lot, brother. Pleasure is yours, as always. As always. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, you got squashed, buddy. <laughs> I, I see this. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. And Joe, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, folks, uh, tune in soon. I know next episode you're going to hear is our year-end review where me, um, Elio, and Andy, we're going to talk about some of the best matches of the year. Mostly we're going to mostly be AEW-centric because that's what we've been covering a lot. We may talk a tiny bit of New Japan, but it's going to be just the best things we saw this year what we thought wrestling, it was a tough year for wrestling and where wrestling might be going in the future and where we hope it is. And you know what? Maybe we'll try and figure between the two of us, three of us, four of us, who knows, maybe we'll get uh, Chief on there too. We'll, we'll uh, try and pick our who we decided was the best wrestler of the year, uh, non-WWE, and who was the, the best tag team of the year. Maybe even best woman, which should be very hard because, man, AEW's women uh, division oh. sucks. Harsh. So, it needs work. It needs, it needs work. Well, like I say every week, folks, have a good night. And Elio, say good night to the good people. Fans, we'll talk to you all next week. Mm-hmm.